0: This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. We've
1: got to do what we're supposed to do. We know that. And it's it's not always what we want to do. But right now, if we can make this short term, if we can say, yeah, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to live the way I'm supposed to live. I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to wear masks. I'm going to stay apart. All those sorts of things then maybe this becomes shorter term, more manageable, because we've got so many incredible scientists working in behind the scenes, and what they are doing is collaborating on maybe a treatment someday, maybe even a vaccine someday, and other science to try and understand what this virus that has overtaken the world is all about. And what we've been able to do over the last week and a bit is meet some of these scientists and not talk complete science, but just talk about life and how this research is going and some of the things that are happening. And we get to welcome right now Dr. Carolina gilio to london live and dr carolina Giliomena is a lawson research associate and does some great work in the labs right now and we want to thank you for that dr Giliomena. but thank you so much for being here how are things
2: thank you for having me mike uh things are doing a little bit better now a little bit slowly so uh we are starting to relax after um the stress of, uh, of collecting samples every day and very crazy hours and, um, and uh, working very hard. Uh, but uh, yes, we're doing a little, little bit better now.
1: <laughs> okay, well, it's good that things have slowed down a little bit, but you're still kind of in that spotlight of trying to make things happen in the Lawson Research Lab. Let's talk a little bit first about what you have been working on primarily.
2: Um, I am a research uh, associate at the Translational Research Center that is uh, mainly founded by the Lawson Research. Health uh, Institute, as well as uh, Children's Health Foundation, and my role here in the center is um, at Victoria Hospital is to uh, help Dr. Fraser uh, with research studies and collect and process samples for diff- for all his studies. Just to uh, give you an idea, Dr. Fraser is uh, the leader of the COVID research here at Victoria Hospital, and uh, we um, he is also the director of this center so this is how everything uh started here and i also um assist other physicians and other researchers at victoria hospitals with um different other research and uh as well as clinical trials so my major role is uh samples and this is what i've been doing during the COVID research study too is uh, um, from not uh, from from before the pandemic to the pandemic i will be continuing um, doing uh, processing of so samples and uh, for all these studies,
1: and all hours of the day, as you say, and under some pretty stressful. Let's get this done as quickly as possible. Conditions, uh, Dr. Gilio It's something that when we talk about these things and and. We talk about what is happening at Lawson. It takes no time before somebody mentions Dr. Fraser. Can you tell us a little bit about Dr. Fraser as, as a person and, and kind of how Dr. Fraser's brought everybody together and, and kind of sparked so much that is being done in London?
2: Um, it's been amazing to work with him. I've been working with him for um, almost eight years in this uh, Translational Research Center. And um, what is amazing to me about this is he loves all the research studies that he's involved in too. Uh, so he's not only a physician um, and critical care and take care of the patients and the children there, but also he is extremely um, excited about all the research studies that we do all the time. Um, and uh, even during this, uh something that I remember during this uh, um, stressful time when we were collecting uh, samples for the research studies during nights and days and weekends and everything, he's always with these awesome spirits to make everybody be happy and um, remind ourselves that this is extremely important uh project and um, this is where we are um, research for uh, where we do research for right
1: it's going to be amazing one day I'm sure if you're able to think back and say hey remember that pandemic in 2020 mm-hmm. and however far it goes yeah uh, some not- of the research <laughs> we did that helped to stop it that that helped to to change things. That helped to save people. What's it like to be involved in research that may ultimately save lives and stop something unlike most anything the world has seen?
2: Uh, it's been st- uh, amazing, an amazing experience, and I really I appreciate so much to be uh, part of this study. I I remember um, when. No, I've never been in a pandemic before. So for me, was this was a, the first time that I see these kind of situations. And I remember every day coming to the lab and open the screen in the computer and see uh, how many patients we need to do today, and see the whole uh, screen full of patients with uh, COVID uh, infections. So i has been. Uh, i i this is what i came research for this is what i am um, i i love to be in research so my commitment was to these families that they were having patients here and they were dying every day um, so i'm very grateful
1: hmm. that has to be so hard when when you're in that position because as much as it's research it's research involving real people real families real struggles and sometimes real tragedy that you've been in
2: exactly yeah
1: we're talking with dr carolina gilio Lawson Research Associate, who is one of the people working in behind the scenes to try and make big differences. And we have seen a lot of differences coming out of London. A lot of those things that you hear the announcement and just wait, because it's the initial stage. And then more stages come. And we'll start seeing some of this science pay so many dividends. And that's the goal in all of this. Dr. Giliomena, you you mentioned this is what you wanted to get into this field for take us back to you just deciding that what what in life made you say you know i want to get into research
2: um well <laughs> it's a long story <laughs> i want to be a physician uh but uh some medical conditions didn't allow me to do it so i Decide to move a little bit different, different direction, and I have the opportunity to talk with different professionals before I make my decisions. And 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 I've been in different uh, private labs, and uh, that is the decision that made me to decide yes, that is where I'm going for. And um, so I um, did my undergrad in uh, um, in biology, and then after that I, I did my master and my PhD in biomedical science. So um, it was extremely amazing, different experience in different parts of the world. And um, (laughs) after that, I became a postdoc fellow at the Physiology Department here in the University of Western Ontario. So So where
1: did you do your undergrad and your master's then?
2: I did my undergrad in Argentina. I'm, I'm originally from Argentina.
1: And what's it like seeing this, as you call it, different part of the world? We've got a lot more snow than Argentina. Uh, you can find it, I think, there, but uh, you've got to go up into the mountains. So what has that transition been like for you?
2: Uh, changing from Argentina Going to Going from
1: Argentina and living in Canada.
2: Oh, um, it's been amazing. I love Canada. It's, it's, it's the, the country that it's supposed to be. So it's, it's extremely amazing. It was a perfect decision. And uh, part of the decision was because uh, Argentina um, it's difficult to do research in Argentina. There is not much uh, money involved for uh, research, so uh, I I want to do research, and that is what what I I want to be all my life. So it was a, a perfect decision for me to move to another country, and I was, I guess, in the right place in the right moment, so that gave me the possibility to move to Canada and and come in here and start working in research.
1: Well, we're so lucky to have you, and thank you for seeking out a country that says, hey, we'll provide grant money, we need things to happen, and now all of those things under Dr. Fraser are kind of moving toward, hopefully, some very positive things when it comes to the fight against COVID-19. Dr. Giliomena, thank you again for making Canada your home, for making London your home, and for all of the work that you're doing. Please keep it up.
2: Thank you so much for having me here. Really Take care. Uh, nice to
1: talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Keep safe. Bye-bye. That is Dr. Carolina Giliomena, who is from Argentina originally and a Lawson Research Associate, and we've been able to, to meet some of the people doing some of this work, because a lot of times you'll see a news story, you'll see a headline, and it'll have Lawson Research attached to it, and you think, hey, that's great. You know, that that's here in London. That's, hey, that London's doing that, but we never get a chance to meet the people in behind who are working on this and doing those jobs that involve those really weird hours. And when this began, when a pandemic was declared, all of that research that was being done on so many things was. Continued, but at the same time, they had to say, "Okay, we have something here that we have to get to immediately, and that 's why Dr. Gigliomeno was talking about the weird hours because you 're working long hours in some cases you 're doing more than one study because you're continuing a study on kidney health or you're continuing a study on alzheimer 's or whatever it was that you were working on, but we also need to get samples." from COVID-19 patients, figure out what's making them so sick, and figure out how to keep this from happening to other people. It's a pretty incredible time. You have the opportunity to see her doing all kinds of videos, helping us to know what to do, to eat right, and coming up with great recipes, which is definitely a good thing during a pandemic. She is also a quarter-finalist in a major fitness competition. Quarter-finalist in Ms. Health and Fitness 2020, which is hosted by Muscle and Fitness Hers. Please welcome to London Live, Kirsten Allen. Kirsten, how are things?
3: Good. How are you? I hope to live up to that intro. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh,
1: you already are. You Just by being here, you already are.
3: Okay. You are
1: somebody that has kind of taken health and fitness and run with it, and that's amazing because here we are sitting on a lot of couches, looking at things like bags of chips, looking at the weather getting colder and thinking, "Eh, I don't know. So we'll talk a little bit about how we can all maybe help ourselves out, get a little more active. But let's talk about this competition. You are born in London, raised in London, and you have hit the quarterfinals In Ms. Health and Fitness 2020. Can you tell us a little bit about what this competition is?
3: Yeah, so you've probably never heard of it until now. (laughs) So, Ms. Health and Fitness 2020 is essentially the world's largest online health competition. So, it's open internationally. And the thing about this contest is that it's 100% voter based. So, anybody in the public votes for who they want to win. There's only a few Canadians left. Only one from London, Ontario, and who's speaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> the public votes. And at ap- first, it seems a little bit of a superficial thing. The Health and Fitness 2020, what is this? But it's really about two things. So one, community, because of the public voting aspects. But then two, the public can also donate to a great cause. So they can either vote daily for free, or they can donate to homes for Wounded Warriors. And it's a non-profit organization where uh, the funds raised help to build and remodel homes for injured military veterans returning from Iraq and Afghanistan um, to help make their homes more handicap accessible. So that's kind of the overall kind of thing that the contest is helping to raise money for.
1: That is fantastic. That's amazing. Wounded Warriors does such tremendous work so okay then then how do we help you in all of this you mentioned voting you're a quarterfinalist, and one of the next voting cutoffs is tomorrow night isn't it
3: it is so it's coming up close we're i'm trying to throw hail mary pass to all of my london people um, to get some votes here but you can just click the link to my profile in this health and fitness 2020 the easiest way since the link is a little bit long is to just go to my instagram or facebook page at Dietitian Illustrated, and just click the link there. Otherwise, you can just do a quick Google search, Miss Health and Fitness 2020 Kirsten Allen, and then vote for me through that.
1: Fantastic. Okay, I'll tweet out some of that information. I'll tweet out <laughs> the link in awesome. just a little bit. So we'll make sure and get that out there because you've done remarkable. This is, as you say, an international competition. People around mm-hmm. the world yeah, are so in on this. So
3: Around 5,000 competitors to start. And then after this round, we're going to be down to 64. So hoping to pull through (laughs) for London. (laughs) It's a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? You've done us proud already. Let's talk a little bit about what got you to this point. What sorts of things have you had to do?
3: To enter, basically, anybody could have entered. I kind of found it by chance, just scrolling through Instagram, that COVID-19 quarantine life, and found the ad, just kind of set up my profile for it, and then just started marketing it. I have a YouTube channel, so that's been really helpful in getting some votes. Um, but other than that, just grinding for the votes, <laughs> marketing, and that's it—that's all you have to do.
1: <laughs> we are talking with Kirsten Allen. So again, all you have to do is—you can—I'll tweet out the the link to Kirsten's profile. But if you Google. Ms. Health and Fitness 2020 or Canada's Ms. Health and Fitness 2020 candidate from London, Ontario, it will pop up. It's at the Ms. com website. And there is the Warrior Vote to help out wounded warriors or there's the free daily vote as well. We're also two so. for one
3: vote right now. So if you donate, $1 counts as two votes as opposed to one vote.
1: It's okay, I'm just clicking on Warrior <laughs> Vote right now and that's exactly... What I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, so I will get that done because this is a fantastic cause. Let's talk about fitness itself because it's something very near and dear to you and, and health very near and dear to you. How did you get started in, and really embrace health and fitness?
3: Honestly, it all started probably when I was in grade two. <laughs> my My instructor, my teachers, shout out to all the teachers, um, just kind of threw me into the sport of running and I've been running ever since. So it started at that young age. And I feel like for fitness, anybody listening to this, the hardest part is just getting started. So if you started young, you're one of the lucky ones because it's going to be hard to stop. But if you're just trying to start now, the hardest part is getting started. And then the good thing about that is it's equally as hard to stop. So just developing a habit, getting into that fitness routine, and you'll be good to go.
1: (laughs) And that fitness routine, I love that you used that phrase, because you can think, oh, but yeah, I need a whole routine, or oh, I I need to know what I'm doing, and I don't feel I know what I'm doing. How easy can it be to actually do something that could be called fitness and really not have to do much at all?
3: It can be easy as just like YouTube searching a workout class. There's so many free classes now. There's really no excuses you don't need a peloton bike to get started you don't need a bow flex you just need yourself and a youtube channel that you like to go to for your free workout classes and even fitness can just be walking that dog that you adopted during covid <laughs> that you need to start exercising now um, something simple like that it doesn't have to be extreme just start small and then build that habit and work on top of that that's really the key
1: Kirsten Allen joining us as we talk about Ms. Health and Fitness 2020. Kirsten is Canada's and London's candidate. And you can, again, search Ms. Health and just do that. And Kirsten Allen and her profile will pop up. But I'll tweet out the link in just a little bit. And there's a way for you to help wounded warriors. When you go back to grade two. obviously you've been someone that has had health and fitness a part of your life. But... What would you say it it does to kind of influence your life? How does it help you?
3: I feel like it just extends to so many other areas of your life, like the skills that you learn just from being consistent with something, having goals, striving for something, giving yourself something to look forward to and to have own goals for yourself. That just extends to so many different areas of your life. It's kind of immeasurable, I think, in a way.
1: Well, if you do wind up winning this, uh, there's a big old prize to it, and I'm sure there are a lot of duties that come with it, but at the same time, you'll get an opportunity to continue doing things on your own YouTube channel. Tell us a little bit about what you enjoy doing there.
3: Yeah, so I'm a spin instructor. I kind of established my own kind of virtual spin studio at this point. There's a whole library of free spin classes. People have actually told me that they've canceled their Peloton apps and they just do my videos. So that's kind of what I've been doing during this quarantine life, just making some spin classes, posting them on my YouTube channel. Just, it's my name, Kirsten Allen, giving people some free free spin classes to help them get through this time.
1: (laughs) Well, let's get you through into the semifinals and beyond. Kirsten, great job on everything, and, and you're a great spokesperson for just finding a way to put one foot in front of the other. Get it into your life. You'll never get it out, right?
3: All right. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks for being here. Good luck. We'll hopefully talk again.
3: All right. Talk soon. Bye.
1: (laughs) That's Kirsten Allen. Kirsten is Canada's Ms. Health and Fitness 2020 candidate from London, Ontario. So as we take a break, what I will do is tweet out that link to what she is doing. And it is that simple. It really is. We put too much emphasis on... Okay, well, in order to work out, you've got to do this, and you've got to know how, and you you know what a workout is? A workout is walking up seven steps. That's it. That's it. Or a workout is parking the car farther away from where you have to go. That's a workout. That's where it starts. And there are so many little things that can get you wrapped into it. So look for a little fitness app or something that can chart your progress, and it's only charting your progress. The thing that people can get so discouraged by is looking and saying, you know, I I could never do what that person is doing because, look, they're out running 10K a day or they're going to the gym five times a week. I I could never do that. That's not what it's about, and they can't discourage you from doing it. You have to be able to say – forget it. You know, today I'm going to walk for a minute. And then by Friday, I hope I'm walking for two minutes. And by the next week I ran into a guy named Tony because I have a dog now and I walked the dog. And so Tony was walking his dog and Tony was talking about how he used to be a smoker, isn't a smoker anymore, and now is doing his best to To walk, And he says he walks from his house to his sister's house, which is probably two blocks. And he says his legs hurt at the end of it. But his goal is to keep going further and further, making it easier and easier. That's all it takes. That is absolutely all it takes. And that's the message that Kirsten has had. So best of luck to her the rest of the way. How do we feel going forward about what we're in? How much confidence do Canadians have in where we're headed? Are we through the worst of it, and we have better times because now we've learned what to do? Or are Canadians expecting, you know, we, we may have another hill to climb on this? Joining us is the president of Research Co., because he's asked that very question. Please welcome Mario Canseco to London Live.
0: Mario, how are you? Doing great, Mike. Great to be here with you.
1: Well, it's great to have you here. You have kind of looked at another element of COVID-19 and you've asked Canadians how confident they are that maybe we're over the toughest part of this. What exactly did you aim to find out from all of us here in this country?
3: Well,
0: we've been asking this question roughly every couple of months since the pandemic began. Uh, Do you think the worst of the pandemic is behind us, or do you think it is ahead of us? And we saw a situation back in May where two-thirds of Canadians, 68%, thought that the worst was definitely ahead of us. It dropped to 35% at the start of the summer. You know, people were very confident that the curve was going to be flattened, that things were going to get better. And now, on the first week of September, it climbs all the way to 46%. So, this is a curve that is not flattening. We saw a situation in June where most Canadians expected things to get better, uh, but now the numbers are starting to trend in the wrong direction again.
1: Well then if we look at at the fact that if you ask Canadians and you ask them if they expect things to worsen and, and fewer than half say yes, so 46%, what does that suggest to you in research?
0: I think there's a couple of factors here. Uh, one of them is that we're no longer as confident as we felt at the start of the summer. I think we all saw the case numbers uh, all across Canada dropping Um, certain situations that we expected to get a lot better before the start of the fall. Now we're heading into a situation where the weather is going to change, where social distancing is going to be more complicated because we're all being indoors for most of the time uh, with kids going back to school and with the dreaded prospect of uh, a flu season that is going to happen at the same time as the pandemic. So those are some of the reasons uh, for Canadians to be feeling not as confident as they did just a couple of months ago.
1: So we have seen that reduction. Now, if we break it down provincially, do we have any provinces that are maybe a little bit rosier than
0: others? Well, the numbers are quite striking. When you look at Ontario particularly, there's 40 percent of Ontarians who believe that the worst is behind us. The exact same number, 40 percent, who say that it is ahead of us. You know, one of the most pessimistic provinces right now is, is B.C., Uh, where we have 61% of residents who say that the worst is ahead of us. We were in a situation on the the West Coast um, where the numbers were dropping dramatically, where we didn't have a lot of days, where we had uh, triple figures when it came to the number of new cases of COVID-19. Those days are over. The last couple of weeks have definitely not been as good as they were back in June. And I think that is one of the reasons for BC, where we thought that we had this control just a couple of months ago to expect things to worsen
1: and they've now put kind of a limit on when alcohol can be served and and they're kind of pushing back against a few regulations to try and curb some of that spike that's been going on in that province we're talking with mario canseco from research co and we're looking at some of the research that mario and his staff have been doing over the last little while talking to canadians and, and asking them how they feel about certain things in terms of the border i can't imagine that that it's something like 40% say, yeah, keep the border closed. How high does that number range right now?
0: It's astonishingly high. We have 90% of Canadians who think it was a good decision to keep the border with the United States close to non-essential travel. The numbers are... Uh, very high across the country, only 7% who disagree with this. You know, we have seen the effect that the border closure has had on specific industries, particularly tourism, uh, but it's not a situation where you have a lot of Canadians who believe that the, that this is something that should be revisited. You know, Part of it is we have been exposed to news from the United States much more than in previous years. Part of this is because of COVID, but also because of the attention that is being paid to the U.S. presidential election and whatever Donald Trump has said. So we know that their numbers are definitely higher than what we have here in Canada. And if you're going to be opening bubbles and allowing people to come in here, you don't want to do it from the border because their caseload is significantly higher than what we have here in Canada.
1: Let's look at one more thing, because you have looked at wearing of masks and asked about the number of people who are wearing masks. And if we go back to May The numbers were really low back then. What has the change been like if you ask Canadians now about wearing masks?
0: Well, there is a big change here, and I think it has a lot to do with the messages coming from governments. In the early stages of the pandemic, if we go back to April or May, we still had a lot of people who said, you don't really need a mask, it's better if you stay at home. Now that we've reopened economic activity a little bit more, we see more people who are wearing the mask and are getting the message. 70% of Canadians told us that they wear a mask every time they go out. Ontario, number one in the country at 81%, the lowest in B.C. at 56%. But the numbers have changed dramatically. We started at 14% of Canadians who wore a mask every time they went out. Now it's at 70%. And the level of support for something that is more uh, mandatory or compulsory, uh, whether it is from your local government uh, or from the federal government, is at 85%. So there's definitely an appetite to make this something that is more compulsory than something that is voluntary.
1: Mario, maybe one more thing, and that is dealing with vaccines, because this is something else you've been monitoring, how willing Canadians would be to... Get a vaccine against COVID-19 if one became available. Where does that number sit right now?
0: We've asked this three times over the past few months, and right now it's at 74%, which is consistent with what we found a couple of months ago at 75%. Essentially, three out of four Canadians who say, once the vaccine against COVID-19 is available, I am willing to take it. Only 14% who say that they would probably not or definitely not get it. So the numbers are definitely better than what we see in some other jurisdictions where the resistance to vaccinations is higher. You know, even though we've been bombarded by messages and social media posts related to the safety of the vaccines, there's definitely more Canadians who believe that if this is available, they will take it.
1: Interesting. 74%. Mario, keep up the great work. You're keeping us informed as to how everybody's feeling, and some of these trends are really fascinating. Thanks so much and keep safe.
0: We'll definitely keep at it. Thanks so much, Mike.
1: That's Mario Canseco, president of Research Co. So, what do you think of that? 74% would get a vaccine if one ultimately became available. That's three in four. And that's that's a big number. That's a number that I, th- I think to me sounds sounds really big, doesn't it? You'll talk to people who seem a little bit more reluctant, but I'm not talking to as many people as Mario is. And the other change is in mask wearing, and that women are more likely to be wearing a mask every time they go out. 75% men come in at 65%. And if you break it down by province in that way, More than 7 in 10 Ontarians in Ontario, we don't mind masks. 81% admit that they wear a mask when they go out. Quebec's at 73, Alberta 71, and then all the way down to Saskatchewan and Manitoba at 53%.
0: You've been listening to the London Live Podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from 1 to 3.